pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. It's 17th of May and it's now time to catch up with myself and Roman Travers on the Sunday Cafe on Magic Talk FM. Darren Rowe is a dog behaviourist and a member of the Association of Pet Dog Trainers New Zealand. He's also the owner of Mindfulness for Dogs and with me here on the Sunday Cafe. G'day Darren. Good morning, Roman. How are you today? I think you're probably nearly as excited as my executive producer. You've both got new puppies coming. <laughs> yeah, well, we've actually got half, half um, now. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, well, you can probably tell in my voice I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, what did you get? Mind you, not had too much sleep. So um, uh, we've got two absolutely gorgeous Border Collies. Mm-hmm. Um, not the easiest breeds to have, uh, but we're pretty hard into Border Collies, definitely. Yeah. But they are so sweet, mate. Every time you look at them, my... I just melt, basically, oh. even if they're being naughty, and that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> are they from the same litter? They are, yeah. So they're Well, actually, they're not from the same litter. They're, um, they're from two different mums, but they're, they're in the same kennel, if that makes sense. So mm. they know each other really well, so they're effectively brother and sister. Gee, they're an intelligent dog, right? You could teach them to oh. make breakfast in bed, just about. Oh, yeah, they're already working us. Yeah. <laughs> they're already g- ganging up on us and trying to um, sort of see how they can play us at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's quite interesting watching them, the little mm. brains developing. Very exciting times. <laughs> Look, if you are yourself getting a new puppy, you're, you're inheriting a dog, whatever the situation might be, and you've got questions around behaviour, Darren Rowe is here for you on 0800 844 Do some breeds of dog have a propensity to be naughtier than others, Darren? Yeah, they do. And um, it's quite funny because uh, there was a, a media release recently by um, one of the insurance companies and um, it would be interesting to see what our viewers think are the naughtiest dogs, wouldn't it? Maybe they can phone in and um, tell us what they think the naughtiest dogs are. But the um, the one dog that stands out, what, what would you reckon it might be, Roman, the, the one naughtiest dog? Oh, I think the Labrador gets blamed for a lot because people own Labradors. I don't know, though. Naughtiest. Probably like some little shit zoo or little... Blimmin, I don't know, some silly little thing. I don't know. Tell me. Well, well, this is all based on the, I, I guess, the number of insurance claims um, that, they, that they take for dogs that eat things and that kind of thing. And actually, we're bang on the money there, um, Roman. It was the Labrador. Oh. Now, I don't know whether that's because there are way more Labradors in New Zealand than other dogs. I think it's something like one in eight pre, um, pure breed dogs are Labradors, mm. which is quite a lot. Um, and uh, if I remember rightly, somewhere around 40,000 registered Labradors, purebred Labradors in New Zealand. Now, obviously, then when you've got the, the Labrador crosses that aren't through the Kennel Club, then that could double e- quite easily, could not it, really? Yeah, yeah, true. So, uh, yeah, so okay. quite a lot of them. So you, you're getting a new puppy, you've got everything <laughs> sorted. What about insurance? To what extent would pet insurance cover you for a naughty dog? Yeah, so, so most, most reputable breeders will give you, uh, they're affiliated with one of the, I think it's about four or five different pet um, insurance companies, and they should be affiliated with one of them. And, and as a puppy, you normally get the first four weeks of their life insured for free. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you go on to whatever um, plan that they have. And, and I would urge people to, to take that up, that four weeks for free, definitely, and then make a decision on where they go from there. But normally within the first sort of, three to four weeks, that's when we make the mistakes and our puppies suffer for it. Okay. Um, you know, we leave things down and they grab them and stuff like that. So, so definitely take hold of that because um, a friend of mine had a, a dog that ate a stone, a young dog that ate a stone. Mm. Not a massive one, but that cost them something like $3,500 for, for the surgery. And that's not a small amount of money, is it? No, it's not. Especially when you've just forked out, you know, a couple of thousand probably for the dog in the first place. Exactly, depending uh, on the breed, yeah. like, like a real breed, like a border terrier. Whatever dog that is that you're getting, uh, you can get some advice now for free with 
with Darren Rowe. 0800 844 747. Morning, Jennifer. Yes, good morning, Darren. Um, I have morning, a... Jennifer. Hello. Morning, Hello. Jennifer. Sorry. <laughs> I have a 15-month-old uh, miniature poodle. Uh, it's very yeah. healthy, but he's becoming quite fussy with his oh, food. food. Yep. Yeah. I don't want that you feed, food and How are you stuff. feeding him? Is Hello? that your boy or little girl? Boy. Little boy. How are you feeding him? On a plate on the floor. Yep. So like yep. a normal dish, yeah? Um, yep. <clears throat> what you can sometimes do is uh, mix it. It's just, just, you've just got the one dog, so there's no other dogs around. No. No? That's the ideal then. So what you can do is you can, you can do what we call enrichment feeding, which just puts a bit more fun to the food. So you can mm-hmm. buy the, um, the toys that have the, you can put the food inside. And you can throw them down on the floor, and then they have to work for the food. It just adds a bit more excitement to the to the eating. And then yeah. you can put maybe a little special treat in there as well, just to give that an extra smell. You can also, if you've got a nice outdoor area, um, you can also go out and throw the food onto the floor. Obviously, make sure there's no stones or those kind of things. <coughs> Otherwise, you'll be using the it won't be the stones. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you don't do that. So, so on the grass is normally the best one. And then they have to really fight, you know, work and, and, and sniff it out. And the poodle will love that kind of thing. And that will just bring that extra sense of excitement into eating. Because they do get bored a little bit. And sometimes the food, they do go off their food. Um, if you find that they're getting really fussy and it's, um, it's quite consistent and they, they go off their food, then I would always go to a vet. And, and just get that checked out just yeah. to make sure there's not a blockage or anything like that or they've mm. got an allergy to the food. Some dogs have allergies to certain types of proteins that so might yeah. be worth checking that out first. Well, yeah, I've, I hadn't stuck to the same food, but I've tried every single thing and then he, he'll have the raw um, stuff, you know, raw beef or yeah. uh, raw mince or cooked chicken cut up. But um, when it comes to tinned food or... Rolls yeah. of food. No, he doesn't want that. <laughs> Sometimes we, we, we make a rod for our own back with dogs some food. So, so we give them the best of the best, and then nothing else under that is, is good enough for them. So it's like going out for a special meal every day and then having to have a cheeseburger or something like that. It's like, well, it's a bit boring, a bit bland. <laughs> so maybe, maybe stop the, the really good stuff and take him back a little bit and then slowly build it up again. Yeah, that's the problem with a, with a poodle. A Poodles, of course, want to be taken to a high-grade restaurant every night of the week, but they are... Every night, yeah. They, they are. are the de la creme, aren't they? <laughs> they are, and they're also a very, very smart dog, aren't they? Well, they're a hunting dog originally, so yeah, mm. they're one of the smartest. I think personally, one of the smartest dogs. Um, mm. And they 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 play you like chess, so they're always a couple of moves ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. Well done. If you'd like to ask Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs anything at all to do with your dog and its behaviour, the number is oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven. Lillian, good morning. Oh, good morning. Um, yes, um, we um, found. Oh, my husband found a dog about two years ago. Um, he was skin and bone and and that sort of thing, but um, he his behaviour like he when we first got him he was real timid. We don't know what sort of situation he was in. We took him to the vets and um, they don't know how old he is either. But just recently I noticed he's been um, getting quite aggressive with other dogs as we go for walks. Um, yep. He's never done that before. Um, so I don't know why he's sort of getting like that now. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's an awful lot there about socialisation. So um, if, he's, if he's been now confronted with lots of little dogs or lots of dogs that he doesn't know how to cope with, then he's likely to... to he's got nothing to fall back on, so he's not got that socialisation um, skills to fall back on. But I think possibly... Um, I'll ask you a quick question. Do you walk him on... Uh, is the leader connected to the collar? Yeah. 
and does he pull quite a lot? Um, not really. He's he's not too bad. He's um he's he's a very he's quite a timid dog. Like some days right. he's good, and then some days he's just his whole aura has just changed. I just yeah. um with it, we we sort of don't know his situation, but it's that trust issue, and he's getting there now because he's not one of those dogs. He's, he's an inside dog, but he's slowly coming in and out. So, yeah. um, quite, but it's, quite it's, often it's, it's we, we have um, quite often you find if a dog if a dog does pull a little bit and it's connected to the collar, then um, when that collar goes into the neck, then that actually causes quite a bit of pain to a dog, and, and we don't really think about it because we you know they, we think they've got quite big muscles there. But when they feel that pain and they're looking at another dog, it tend, they tend to associate that that negative um, pain to the other dog and then they think it's a dog that's attacked them or is you know looking at them in a bad way like that and so the pain always makes it 10 times worse so um the first thing i would do to try and alleviate this would be to put the put a harness on and take that hold completely away from the collar because then oh, at least okay. you haven't yep. got the pain going in then see what happens if he's if he doesn't pull too much and he's pretty chilled dog timid's not so great but if he's pretty chilled then that might sort of alleviate that problem anyway otherwise what you have to do really is um go to a dog park where it's fenced off and you can sit outside safely and sit at a safe distance where he's not barking and then just treat and then move a little bit more forward and then treat again and you really just want to make positive associations with dogs running around and being near him mm. but if you go too close he's going to kick off and just move back a meter and then just do it again and that, that should get you on the right lines but um with all aggression cases um, and reactivity cases, seek advice of a, of a qualified um, uh, pet professional trainer. Um, go onto the Association of Pet Dog Trainers website, and you can find some really good um, people in your area, and they can help you out. Okay, you thank you for that. Good yeah. on you, Lily, and no I hope worries. it goes well for you. Absolutely. You. Uh, you've got to get these things right from the start, and there's no Definitely. easier time to do that when you've got your new puppy. So give Darren Rowe a call right now on 0800 844 747. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs here on the Sunday Cafe. All right, so if you've got questions <laughs> around your puppy, hey, by the way, is it puppy season going into winter? Um, I don't think there's such a thing as a puppy season in New Zealand, to be honest. Um, last, the last few years, we've just we filled our puppy preschool classes every week with mm. 10, 12 dogs. And, uh, yeah, normally, normally it's around the Christmas time, isn't it? People get a puppy around the Christmas. True. But I think in New Zealand, because the sunshine's so lovely most of the year, we, uh, we get them all the time. We, yeah. We've certainly booked up 16 puppies in the last two weeks, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Here's a text yeah. that just says, Hi, we have a five-year-old mini fox terrier that has started to be possessed and protective, protective with little people. Um, oh. We've got. F- how old? Did it say how old it is? I remember. No, oh, a five-year-old. But they've also got oh, little sorry. people themselves. They've got three boys, which she's great with. But it's other people's little people that this mini foxy's not so great with. Right. Um, certainly, um, the first thing I would be doing is I would be looking at um, enlisting a trainer to help you on this one, definitely, because obviously when you've got little children involved, then there's serious implications if your dog does bite them. Um, so certainly find a trainer in your area, and if you can't find someone, give me a shout, and I can certainly put the feelers out for you. Um, so they they can get quite... Um, uh, that's what we call resource guarding. Mm. So they might try and resource guard the children. I obviously don't know all the details there, but it sounds a bit like if there's somebody comes into the house and the children are there, then maybe the dog is defending the children. It could well be something like that. They yeah. might also be quite scared of those children. So when you bring new children in, it's, it's really important to teach them to be calm and quiet and not go crazy. Mm. If that is the case, and, and let's face it, it's really hard, isn't it, to keep those kids 
quiet and stuff like that. So, so if you've got the kids coming in the in your house to play, then put your dog in a crate somewhere nice and calm. Don't don't they don't have to be playing with your kids. You know they can have their own space, sure. and that way you're limiting the danger. Aren't you? Because the last thing you want is a little foxy trying to grab um, people. Because you know they like to bite, they like to chew and stuff like that. So yeah, and they will yeah. hurt little people even even more than they do sort of like older people because the skin's a bit softer, isn't it? That's so true. Yeah. Twenty one past nine. The number here: oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven. You've got nothing to lose, everything to gain by getting some advice now from Darren Rowe. What are the issues with a new puppy? We've all been around now with lockdown, and then we all go back to school and go back to work, and the puppy's going, what the heck? Yeah. Um, we, we've, we've literally, like I say, just got our puppies, and, and we were sat there thinking, God, it would have been so nice to have had them in lockdown. But actually, I'm actually glad we didn't get them in lockdown because they're not used to us being around us all the time. Yeah. So that separation anxiety is not going to kick in because they're going to be used to us being in and out. Mm. But one of the things I think uh, the most important thing we've got to think about, well, a few things really, um, you've got to hit the toilet training. So you've got to get that sorted because that becomes a real pain, especially when you go back to work and you've got pee and poo everywhere. It's a real simple thing to do. Um, there's, there's loads of stuff on the internet. You can contact me. Um, but really, it's just a, a matter of managing that routine. You know, every time a dog gets up, has a drink, has something to eat, plays, it's going to need the loo afterwards pretty much. As soon as it agitates its belly, it's going to need the loo. So, mm-hmm. And you can just catch it, take them out. The other thing is the biting. Um, they've got to be able to bite. They've got to learn how to bite. You can hear mine in the background there. Um, they've got to learn how to bite. Yep. And if they um, don't learn how to bite, then when they get older and they're still biting, it's going to really hurt. Mm. But, um, yeah, teaching your puppy to bite. And, and you just let them bite your fingers for a little bit, and then it gets too much, so you withdraw, and then you put your fingers back again. And you train them that they can, that the, the bite um, has to be, sorry, they're, they're just singing in the background <laughs> distracted me um you can hear that um you can uh, train them that it's just it's got to be graded so okay. first of all they're going to bite really hard and then they get less and less and less and less and less now and darren i just want to question that and because i'm not an expert i'm just learning from you i'm no. learning so much but so you do let puppies bite your hands yeah yeah so if you think about um how puppies explore the world they, they explore the world with their teeth yeah? yeah and the only way they're going to learn how to um not bite hard is to learn to bite and if you think about when, if you had all your puppies together, it's why we always get two puppies at once, because they bite each other and they, they learn from each other. So they're going to be biting, and then at some point it will get too hard, and you hear one of the puppies yelp, and then it freezes, and they look at each other, and then they go in and play again. And they're, they're just learning how hard they can bite. Mm. In the end, they, they don't bite at all. So you see the older dogs that are really well socialized and, and, and got that bite inhibition. They're really looking like they're killing each other, you know, when they're playing. But there's, there's no, they're not biting at all. It's right. really soft. And if we so, don't let them do that at the beginning, they yeah. never learn. This is yeah. the mistake that John Budge has made. He's only bought one puppy. He should have bought two. Yeah. See, John? What were you thinking? I didn't buy two. <laughs> okay. Now, no, just going to that. Can I just I ask you about that. that, Darren? Exactly, because I was told when I got my border terrier, we were very keen to get two. And they said, Ooh, not, not unless you're going to yeah. be with them all the time. I was just about to say that um, mm. I wouldn't personally, um, if I if I'm not a really good dog person, I wouldn't get two puppies. We've we've always done two, um, and we've we've always sort of managed it really well. But we kind of know what we're doing, I guess, with the puppies. Yeah. And still, we make mistakes, but um, it's double the trouble. But it's also double the delight. <laughs> right. So um, you just got to make sure that there's two people there that are going to take responsibility. So for me, my wife Papia takes one takes responsibility for one dog, and then I take responsibility for the other. Mm-hmm. We still play and train with both of them, but we've got ultimate responsibility for a dog. So it's effectively like having 
two owners and you know two different owners anyway it's just that when we need to give them space they can just go in the pen and play with themselves and okay. they're fine you know darren there's but a couple yeah, of questions here hard. a couple of questions okay. on the text machine this one just says what should i use to stop a dog from pulling a body harness a lead or a halty um i don't like the the anything that goes over the face and the main reason because they always tend to pull the dog out of balance in terms of it changes the eye structure or something like that and and that can sometimes cause issues when things go past very quickly so i don't like that also um the technology is getting a lot better with the the face than ones but they can sometimes put pressure on the back of the neck especially if we're not using them properly because mm. we tend to pull really hard and they're not meant to be used like that so i don't tend to like that i do like harnesses but i, I like the harnesses that have the the pressure or the the connection at the front not at the back yeah that makes um, sense because then it just takes the pressure off again the back of the neck and and, and, and that sort of thing and, and the back okay. um so yeah definitely harness now all the way because then you're not getting that stress of the collar Okay, 26 past nine, still time to squeeze in your call on 0800 844 747. From the puppies to the geriatrics, Sue has talked, um, she's not geriatric, her dog is, why does my dog trash the rubbish bin while I'm out? She's 14, she's a border collie. Yes, I can shut her outside, but not in winter. I thought of boredom, but she has plenty to do. What's that all about? I think it's hunting. <laughs> I might be wrong. Um, we've, we've got one border collie that does the same. And um, if we leave that, um, and we've never, I think she had that. We had her at three, so I think um, she, she had that behaviour before because she just came in and it was straight to the bin. It's the prize, isn't it? There's always something in that bin that is way more exciting than anything else they have. Um, just a word of warning, though. If they do eat things from the bin, they can get very ill. So, um, mm. you know, dogs can end up in hospital for many days because of that. Um, so I always guard the, the bin so you know as much as I, I most of my dogs what what five of them don't even care about the bin but one does so i have to guard it as if everybody does okay. but yeah i think it's just because they see us put things in there and they go oh well if you're go putting things in there there must be exciting things and they smell you know we put the rubbish we put all the meat rubbish in there yeah so they know they know it's in there that their nose is way better than ours so, yeah, it's a bit of a treasure trove, isn't it? Indeed. Rochelle has texted, and this sounds like a, a, a job for a mechanic. This, may, this dog may require new rings and bearings. I've got a five-year-old retriever that has become quite leaky. Is this common? Quite leaky? Leaky. In, um, urine? Uh, well, I presume so. I assume, yeah. 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 Um, oh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, if there's nothing changed emotionally around the dog, i.e. no one's died or there's no kind of like massive upsets to, mm. to cause the dog to do that, I would be taking that dog straight to the vets mm. and getting him checked out. If it's a girl, um, it might be due to um, spaying. That can sometimes happen, but again, I would be taking that one straight to the vets, I think, yeah. as long as nothing behavioural's changed. And, well, and then if that's the case and there's nothing medically wrong, then behaviour work on that one. But just take it right back to toilet training like it's a puppy. Brilliant. Good stuff. All right, another yeah. text here. How about stopping dogs from digging the lawn? We have two Border Collie <laughs> Hunterway crosses just over 18 months old. Dig, 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 dig. They love to dig. It's a Border Collie thing, isn't it, digging? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, again, it's boredom and it's fun and it's exciting. And if there's two of them, then they're kind of like sort of like egging each other on. Um, what I do is I find a sandpit or I find an area that I'm prepared to sacrifice for my dogs to chew and to dig and stuff rather than the whole area. And I'll bury things in there for them to dig out. Oh, yeah. So that they're going to go over there and do it because a border collie wants to dig. They're just like that. Mm. And they get a bit bored as well. But if you give them that area and put things in so they find them, then it's, again, it's like, oh, I found something. I'm going to go and dig there more because I don't ever find anything over there. Right. I always find it in here. Yeah. So that might be a really good way of doing that. 
Well, it's been a pleasure catching up as always, Darren, and best of luck with your puppies. If people also have puppies and they want to get you for a, a one-on-one type session with theirs, how do they contact you? Yeah, so they can, uh, I'll give my phone number this time, so you can um, phone me on 0274. Hang on, I'm getting a pen. Oh, that's too slow. Oh, yep. too fast. I've got a pen no, now. Right, do I? Go. Yeah, it's 0274-585872 if you're in my area. Or you can find me on um, uh, www.mindfulnessfordogs.com. And if you can't remember that, it's just m4dogs.com with number four. Lovely. Oh, such exciting times having a puppy. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs there to help you. You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.